Hello everyone, welcome back to See the Sunrise. This is season four and episode four. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. We find in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33 and verse three, where the Lord speaks to the prophet while he's in prison. He says to him, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see what God is doing behind the scenes, as well as in the lives of everyday people like you and me. From the pulpit to the pew, we all have had various challenges and experiences that bring us to a need for Christ in our lives. Anyone like sitting next to a warm fire? You know, on those campfires when you bring out the s'mores or the graham crackers and the marshmallows and the chocolate where you make your s'mores. Well, I love sitting next to a fire. There's something about watching the flames in their vibrant colors that draw you into creating a sense of warmth. But that's not the fire I want to talk to you about right now. The fire I want to talk about is found inside of a born-again believer. Someone who has encountered God in such a way that it causes movement. I mean, really, if you've ever touched the fire, and I don't encourage anyone to do so, but those of you who have prepared meals or accidentally touched the blaring flame, you know what it feels like. It makes you move. I dare not tell this story, but I will. I remember as a little girl, one time I was so infatuated with fire that I took a plastic straw because it had yellow and red and green and I stuck it in a flame and the way the wax fell and I put it near my skin and it fell on my skin, it peeled off my skin. And I thought to myself, why would you do that? It was because the flames drew me in and they were so beautiful and I wanted to experience that. But here's the thing I found. When fire touches you like that, you can't keep still. That is what the prophet Jeremiah was talking about in Jeremiah 20 and 9. Not the fire that, we, that can harm us. But he's talking about a different kind of fire. The kind of fire that was awakened when he came to the full knowledge of who Christ was or who God was. He had such a relationship with God, such an encounter with the Lord, that he, he couldn't be silent. He just couldn't be still. The spirit of the living God had ignited that fire that Jeremiah had to speak. He had to do something. He had to say something. He simply wasn't able to hold back. But lest we lose sight of this fire, let's understand why he felt this way. Jeremiah was a messenger of God. He's often referred to as the weeping prophet. And you know if someone is weeping, it isn't usually a result of joy. It cost Jeremiah to be faithful to God's call. That's what this fire was doing. It was going to cost him something. And when we think of cost, it's like a price that has to be paid, but it's more than that. So, so let me kind of expound on that a little bit. You know, there were occasions when Jeremiah didn't want to do what he had been called to do. Can anybody relate to that? He didn't want to do the purpose for which God had formed him. Yet, there was something on the inside of him that compelled him to act even when he was reluctant to do so. Often, he thought about giving up or giving a different message, one that wasn't so harsh. 
He was faithful and occasionally doubtful, but he didn't complain to anybody but God. Listen to that. Often we get upset, we get frustrated, and we will talk to anybody that will hear us. But Jeremiah had such a love and a passion for God that even in his doubt, he only complained to God, the one who was purposing him, the one who had called him to this place. That is where he went to the Lord to express his apprehension. But there was something that compelled Jeremiah to proceed with what God wanted him to do, what God had called him to do. He couldn't deny the Lord's will. He had to preach what God told him to preach. Have you ever wrestled with God? It's okay if you have. Some would say, oh, no, I would never wrestle with God. Well, I'm here to tell you I have. And boy, is it torturous. There are other Bible characters that also wrestled like Jacob, like Jeremiah did. For example, Jacob at the Ford of Jabbok in Genesis 32. And he remember, if you remember that story, he wrestles with God all throughout the night. And some, the word might read it in some translations, the angel of God. And they told him to let him go. And the angel said, let him go. And, and, and Jacob said, no, I'm not letting go until you bless me. See, Jeremiah wasn't the first one to wrestle with God. The apostle Paul formerly saw when he encountered, he encountered Jesus on the Damascus road, he was wrestling because he was trying to understand who is this that uh, I'm tormenting. He's, he's, who is this, this light? What is this light? I don't understand. And, and Jesus had to reveal himself and to the point he had to blind him and send him away until it was time for him to fully understand and comprehend what God was calling him to. Jeremiah could not resist preaching God's word. If you remember Jesus, now some would say he wrestled with God, but I don't know if I would say he so much wrestled with God as he cried out to God in the garden of Gethsemane. Remember him saying, if it, if any way this cup could pass from me, but he said, nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. So sometimes God will call us to do things that it's going to cost us a lot. I'm, I'm, I dare say that God isn't asking many of us to give our lives, but there are some he has, and that's what Jesus did. And that's why we're able to be who we have been called to be because of his sacrifice. Now, Jeremiah had to share a message, but who would want to share a negative message? Jeremiah could not resist preaching God's word, but I'm telling you, it wasn't going to be easy. It's tough. It was going to be tough. And sometimes God will give you assignments that are pretty tough or tell you to do and say things that you normally would not say. But if you're doing it in the power of God, you need not fret. It's tough. But if God is telling you to share it, to deliver the message, to speak what he's telling you to speak, and if he truly lives inside of your heart, you can't do anything but share it. Imagine the ridicule he must have faced. You would have to know that God is with you when given this kind of charge. I remember some of the things that God told me to do, and I was very reluctant and I wrestled in my mind and in my spirit thinking, oh my God, they're going to think I'm crazy or, oh my God, I can't say that. They'll be offended or, oh my God. And how many of you have said, oh my God, well, it's good that you're calling out to him because he's the one that's telling you to do it. But I'll tell you, in the end, it turns out for his good. 
it, it promotes Christ and it gives those who are hearing the message, hear what I say, hearing the message and that receive the message, the outcome can be great. All of God's messages are not favorable. There are times that he will reprimand and cause those whom he's purposed to deliver less than comforting news. If you consider some of the past events that we've experienced all over the world these past three years, you might say that God forewarned us, but we did not listen. He was telling us through his word how we are living and how we don't hear and how he can send plagues or pestilence or things like that into the world. And yet when they came, and I'm not saying that God said, okay, let's send COVID. But what I am saying is that when we have heard messages and when we have heard those things that God has prepared us for or warned us about, we must listen. And we have to listen with our spiritual ear. How can you have the confidence and faith to trust God when there are those who oppose, those hecklers seeking to defy God and follow their own way? You know, initially, Jeremiah voiced his complaints to God, acknowledging who God was and recognizing his own state. Here's what he says in verses 7 and 8 of chapter 20 of the book of Jeremiah. He said, you deceived me, Lord, and I was deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. I am ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I cry out, proclaiming violence and destruction. So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. Is it no wonder he's referred to as the weeping prophet? Listen to what he had to endure. Mocking, people proclaiming, he's speaking out violence and destruction and it's brought him insult and reproach. Nobody's liking him. Who likes a, a negative message? No one does. But when you listen to it and it helps you to move forward, sometimes we want to hear those words. Jeremiah was able to be honest in his communication with the Lord. And yet, no matter how he felt, the fire, the impact of the spirit had so, that lives inside of him, it had so convicted him that he could not be quiet. He couldn't keep silent because we all know that you sit, if you sit in the fire, it will consume you. And Jeremiah felt, Jeremiah felt the spirit of God like that. He felt that if he stayed in that fire and didn't do what, what he needed to do, it would consume him. Like being in the midst of a burning fire such that you have to run and tell it. Like I said, if you've ever been burnt, you do jump. You do, you, your body reacts to it. Jeremiah's firm commitment and confidence didn't come from others. No, it came from the Lord God himself. He had the kind of relationship with God and understood the power of God and how mighty he was and is. Listen to what he says after he gives his complaint to the Lord. In verse 11 and 12, he goes on to say, but the Lord, <laughs> now keep in mind, he had already said, you deceived me, Lord, and I was deceived. You overpowered me and you prevailed. I, I was ridiculed. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I cry out saying violence and destruction. And the word has only brought me reproach and insult. But then after he's cried out to the Lord, he's had some time to think about it. Because see, when you go to the Lord in the spirit of the Lord, the Lord will speak to you and he will respond to you. God does hear and he does listen and he does speak. And here's what he says to him. Or here's what Jeremiah says to the Lord in his acknowledgement. But the Lord is with me. 
like a mighty warrior. So my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. They will fail and be thoroughly disgraced. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. Lord Almighty, you who examine the righteous and probe the heart and mind, let me see your vengeance on them. For to you, I have committed my cause. What does that say? That says that no matter what, this fire that Jeremiah had, nothing, no, no water, no fire hose was going to put that fire out because his relationship with God was so grounded in his understanding of who God was and what God's will was for him that he could accept even a harsh or difficult and hard task that he was being called to. You might be thinking, who would dare wrestle with God? Well, many people do. I did. And you may have had your own moments when you wrestled with God's will. Wrestling with God is not separating from God. So don't, don't miss that. Wrestling with God doesn't mean that you don't believe in God. Wrestling with God sometimes is about understanding God, really wanting to make sure it is him, that he's calling you to the task. And you know how you can know it really is him? In his word. It may be a time to seek understanding, to fully know and understand his will and his might. It's a way to encounter God, to hear him. It's a way to gain greater understanding, to fully understand. And yes, you should fear God in taking such a bold stance. I'm not saying go to him all willy nilly like you are somebody. No, God is to be revered. He is the holy God and almighty God and that he allows us to go into his very throne room. See, that's what we're doing in prayer. And when Jesus died on that cross, the veil that separated us from the presence of the Almighty was torn, which means that you had open and we have open access to him. If you're like Jeremiah, you understand that although he had a moment or moments when he didn't want to do what God wanted him to do, it was the relationship that he had with God the way he was impacted by God's word, that there was nothing that was going to put the fire out that he was feeling. That is what gave Jeremiah courage, and that is what will give you courage. It, it is what gave him the strength to do the will of God, and it is that same power that resides in his word given to us that can ignite a flame in our soul that we wouldn't be able to put it out. Have you ever worked with a gas stove? Growing up, we had one. And one of the things I noticed is that when you turn the gas on and lit that match, there was a poof, like a strength that, that came to that, that gas and it ignited that, 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 that flame so that you could prepare and do whatever cooking you were going to do. I don't know about you, but I want to wield that kind of power, the kind of fire that Jeremiah experienced <laughs> and be careful what you pray for because it's that kind of fire that can speak to dry desolate situations to dry bones that is people who are weary and don't think that there will ever be relief I dare say almost three years ago there were many dry bones in our world people who had been shut down by a pestilence that we could not see but it had so much power that people were feeling hopeless. We see this today in the number of mental health issues that have surfaced in our community and in our world, and how people 
are without hope and taking their own lives. And that is not God's desire, especially when I hear him say, I came that you might have life, but have it more abundantly. God doesn't want to take your life. He wants to give your life, give you life. And so trust him to speak into your situation. Trust him to light a flame in you. If you are God's child, he, you're, that spirit lives in you. And if you are not, guess what? When you accept Jesus as Lord, you then receive that spirit and that spirit can be ignited. In the word of God, there is power, power to restore and bring back life that the enemy tried to destroy. The fire of God's spirit is fed by reading his word. Yes, sometimes it seems hard to understand, but seek understanding, seek wisdom, ask God to give it to you. Tell him you don't understand. Tell him you don't get it. Tell him it just seems like it's so far away from where your situation is and you will see how he will open up a window of understanding in your heart and mind or even send you someone to reveal those truths to you. I can't tell you how many people that God has sent to me to help them to understand what they have read. And when they got it, they began to explore it for themselves. And as they explored it, I saw their continents change because they were building a relationship with the Lord. And that little light that they had was starting to glow brighter and brighter. It's That's what we do when we make disciples. We're pouring into their spirit so that one day they can walk on their own with God as they go forward and make other disciples. It is our call. It is the Great Commission. The fire of God's spirit is fed by reading the word of God. It's by hearing the word of God. It's by spending time with the people of God and allowing his word, his presence to penetrate your heart that creates a friction. You know, like the Boy Scouts do with the two sticks that creates a friction that increases the flame or just even brings a flame. And then as you keep rubbing, the flame grows and you throw that wood on it. Sometimes our spirit needs a little more wood. That's why it's important to spend your time with people who know the Lord and who demonstrate and show his light and that fire that they have in their soul. A friction that increases the flame, causing it to spread so that you can't be silent. It is a call and the responsibility of God's disciples to keep the fire burning. Sisters and brothers, I hope the fire and the flame of our God's spirit will never go out, that it will never be extinguished, and that you will feel the, the heat of his presence, not to consume you, but to bring more life and to give you the power and the strength to operate in the manner that he has called and placed you just like he created you in his mother's womb with a plan and a purpose, that fire will enable you to accomplish that very purpose that you were created. Until next time, brothers and sisters, be sure to see the sunrise. And when I speak of sunrise, I'm talking about the S-O-N, to see Christ in your everyday situations. God bless you.